Thank you for listening to Comics for Fun and Profit. This is Drew with a special episode of my other podcast that I co-host regularly. And uh, it's Weekly Comic Spotlight over at John Mayo's comic book page. And uh, for those of you who haven't heard it, I wanted to give you a chance to listen to it. It's a standard review show of uh, a Marvel, a DC, and an independent comic. Uh, each week. So uh, check this out. And if you like it, go over there and subscribe or check out uh, those those episodes. They're a lot of fun. So thanks again for listening. Um, here you go. Now starting us off in DC is Action Comics number 993. Uh, this is a new storyline after the Oz effect, kind of picking up from a few pieces there. Uh, first off, you read the Oz effect, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm all in on action. Okay. Uh, print or digital, just out of curiosity? Uh, digital. Oh, okay. Uh, again, with the print, last week they had started doing the new, um, uh, trade dress or whatever in the upper corner. This is a DC Universe title with the Superman S on it. Just find that kind of interesting. I kind of like the looks of that, the new logo. It's, it's got a nice clean look to it. It, um... I'm curious uh, how many different, you know, logos they're going to have, like where they've got the S or the Batman logo, that kind of a thing. And I haven't really paid enough attention. I've seen comics. I've seen Universe. I'm not sure what else they'll have um, if they've got something for, like, Vertigo or, or what have you. But it, it's got a nice, clean look to it. They also seem to have uh, trimmed down the size uh, of the uh, the barcode there in the corner. This is picking up literally right on the heels of the previous issue where Superman has decided to uh, go back in time and see what really happened when Krypton exploded. And uh, we pick up here with uh, with Booster Gold. How familiar are you with Booster Gold? Oh, I, I used to read him a um, long, long time ago. I think it was his first series. Okay, back um, in the 90s then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, he was a fun character. Great character, and I love seeing Dan Jurgens uh, back working on him because he was the creator of the character. And I like yeah, you can you can tell it's a it's a real passion project for him. He really uh, and and I think uh, it shows it shows that he that he created the character and and loves the character and uh, he really kind of uh, spends some time with with Booster in this issue, which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of cool. Well, and this is the older, more mature and capable Booster, not the young goofing off Booster uh, from like the uh, the Justice League International days. Although that's a fun one too. Um. I also really enjoyed when I got to that second page, seeing that time sphere that uh, Booster had with him. Um, that, of course, is a hallmark of the Legion of Superheroes. That's how they travel back in time originally to recruit Superboy and then Supergirl. Um, it's one of the premier uh, time travel devices in the DC Universe. Uh, fun seeing that again. Shame there's no uh, Legionnaires around with it. And I'm sure somebody's going to argue that we should count Booster Gold because he's got a Legion flight ring. It's, yeah, but he never joined the Legion. He's not a Legionnaire. Um, overall, I I enjoyed this uh, this issue, but there were a couple of things that kind of puzzled me a little bit. Because um, we've got Superman again traveling back in time using uh, the cosmic treadmill at the end of the previous issue that the Flash had put up in the, the Justice League satellite. And as he's going through the time uh, stream or whatever... He sees two sets of, of visions, the ones that he's familiar with, and then this other one uh, where he doesn't recognize it, which is on the, the right side of this, this great two-page splash. And I'm kind of wondering if 
that second set is moments of a alternate timeline in which I guess Jor-El like convinced Krypton to evacuate. Because, I mean, there's a whole fleet of ships leaving the exploding planet. Uh, we see Superman and his parents, uh, his birth parents and such. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious. And what, what struck me with that, I've been reading Superman comics um, for, for, for ages. Uh, going back to, you know, late 70s, early 80s and such. And the let's go back to Krypton story, that's been done to death. But whatever would have happened if Krypton evacuated successfully? And the, the, the race survived the planet's destruction. I really don't recall ever seeing a story about that other than maybe the Superman Red, Superman Blue, but that was more a let's restore the Kandorians and put them on a planet kind of a thing. The, the whole kind of almost Battlestar Galactica pilgrimage to the stars take on Krypton. I'm sure they must have done it. I can't imagine they haven't. But I couldn't think of a single instance where I've, I've kind of read a story that's, that's gone down that path. Um, I hope that's the, I hope that's the direction they're going. Um, I think the, the, the path has been laid a little bit with some of the stuff they've done with, with Lois and John and, and going in that direction. Um, that maybe you can go and explore some other different areas that maybe wouldn't have been allowed back in the old DC editorial days, but maybe, maybe you can go down that road now. I'd be curious to see if they do. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure where they're heading with this, but, uh, it's, it's a fun read. Um, when Superman does make it to Krypton, um, I'm, I'm not sure, but it sure looked like that was Skeets up above him. But that's about the point at, a little later where uh, the story kind of went a little south for me when it turns out Superman didn't really think this through because, of course, he's winding up on Krypton. Krypton, unsurprisingly, has a red sun, as it always had before blowing up, um, and he's he's powerless, and he didn't seem to think that part through. And I'm like, this, this is, this, this is not my Superman. My Superman would have, I mean, he knows how to do this. He'd have taken the Supermobile, which this Superman doesn't have, or he'd have figured something out. Um, but what's funny is I, I really can't say that this isn't my Superman, because, you know, after that switch of the Superman just before Rebirth, I, I, I think this might be one of, quote unquote, my Superman. Because uh, I'll lay claim to either the, the pre- or post-crisis Superman, because I was reading both. Uh, neither one, I think, would have made this this sort of mistake. But, you know, hey, it's... What was uh, Stephen Amell said once at a, a convention, that uh, good decisions make for bad TV, bad decisions make for good TV? Uh, holds true yeah. for comics yeah. as well. Makes a lot of sense. Um, obviously, this is just kicking off a storyline that'll go for a couple of parts. It's got some interesting uh, places it may go. I'm looking forward to that. Uh Having Booster and Superman team up, uh, they've done that a number of times in the past. It's always fun because one is kind of the epitome of, of what a superhero could or should be with Superman. And the other is kind of almost the commercialist version of it gone wrong uh, at times with Booster. And, and again, we're getting the, the re- I don't say the reformed Booster, but you know what I mean. Um, I did like the scene where Booster was Steve Lombard's hero because, well, he was a football player and such. And that was just kind of funny. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think Dan Jurgens did a, a great job on both, both the art and the writing. And I think that's, mm-hmm. that's really tip, tip your hat for that. Um, it, it was a, it was a really quick dispatching of Flash with the, uh, with the Skeets having the, the technology to override the, the Justice League's, uh, security, um, details up there. And, and that was, that was lightning, a lightning fast, uh, dispatch of, of Flash, but I was okay with that. 
um, I, I thought the uh, it, the way that they did exposition with, okay, there might be people that haven't seen Booster for a while. Um, so how do we tell people who Booster is um, without without pay, a page of text? Mm-hmm. Well, let's have a museum, a Booster museum, and we can have uh, somebody, you know, going over, uh, hitting the highlights of, of who Booster is. And Well, that's Steve um, Lombard's office at the Daily Planet. Think, things about his ego and 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 kind of touch touch some points just as a reminder for everyone you know just just who he is which I thought I thought that was nice it was a nice touch and a way to a way to get that information out mm-hmm. and and kind of remind everybody uh, what was going on um, Skeets uh, great personality and great um, back and forth with Booster I, I like that a lot. Um, you know, we kind of just scratched the surface of this Kryptonian mystery. And uh, as you could expect with a part one of however many this is. Um, so we, we just kind of got started. So having all that stuff with John and Lois's uh, dad being in peril, uh, you know, it kind of took away from the booster screen time and, and Superman screen time, which was uh, kind of backfired a little bit for me because I was really interested in that. And, um, it, 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 it was a B plot that I, I was kind of like, Oh, that's interesting. So maybe we'll get John to go on this rescue mission, um, to do what the government can't. Yeah. It's kind of what they seem to be telegraphing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I'm, I'm really interested in seeing him on a solo rescue mission. That'll be fun. Um, but it, it's kind of a little bigger than a B plot. It's, it's kind of, uh, almost, uh, like parallel. And, and pushing me and, and wanting to know more about that, then um, I want to know about the what's going on on, on Krypton right now. So um, th- I think that there was that was like a little slight misstep, but that's kind of a nitpick. Um, I, I enjoyed both both storylines, and there's a lot of fun stuff in this, and a really good beginning to the art. And you can tell um, Dan Jurgens knows w- what he's doing from both yeah. the writing standpoint and, a, and an art standpoint. So um, good, a good comic. No, absolutely. I do think that your point about the B plot being feeling like a little bit more than just a B plot of, you know, presumably Lois and John are going to go have their own adventure and we're going to be flipping between that and what's going on with Superman and Booster and such. I would almost have preferred it if that l- kicked into a, hey, you want to go see what John's up to? Go follow Super Sons or something. And yeah, that, I think that would have worked better. Yeah. You know, that thread would have picked up there because that issue could have started with him telling uh, Damien, here's what's going on. And, you know, with my grandfather. And of course, Damien would say, well, my grandfather is so and so, you know, Razagul or whatever. I mean, there's, there's a lot of fun that can be had there. And no doubt it'll be a good story here, too. Um, I'm a little surprised you didn't comment that, uh, John seems to look a little bit older here than he does over in Super Sons. Um, because I would have put him at fourteen-ish, uh, the way he's looking here. Yeah, with the glasses and uh, yeah, he does look a little. He does look a little older. But, you know, but it, it's not a problem and stuff. He's he's a fun character. Um, I kind of felt that that subplot was taking away from the main stuff that I, you know, I would have liked if they moved the story a little further forward with Superman and Booster. But having these things and showing that hey, Superman's got a life, other things are going on, is cool, and I did like that. So overall, I thought this was a really fun read, um, but I'm a fan of, of Booster Gold, so that was always a, a plus for me to have him in there. 
Um, I would go with this being a, a solid B+, definitely uh, worth checking out. Again, I'm curious what direction they're heading and what they're planning on doing with Krypton. Um, and it looks like they may have actually found a, yet another new direction to go in with uh, with Krypton. Now that's bothering me. Now, now you got now you got me worried. Going back to look at it, you know, he's he's on, he's only in about eight panels maybe, but uh, and he's really really short in the in the booster uh, museum he feels, office. He feels like he, he's yeah, standing he up taller. taller, whereas it almost feels like, particularly the issue of Super Sons we reviewed uh, a few weeks ago, it almost seems like that John is is having to almost reach up to to feel taller. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Kid versus teenager. Definitely, yeah. De- there's definitely a little, a little un- inconsistency there, but not enough to derail me uh, cool. from this. Good. I also, I also thought it was a B plus. Um, liked it. A lot of good stuff in here, and I'm excited for this story arc. Yeah, I've been enjoying action since it uh, relaunched and stuff with uh, the new Fifty Two and Rebirth and whatnot. I've, I've been feeling it's been a stronger title by and large than. Uh, than Superman, but uh, certainly they're doing some great stuff overall at the Superman office. Yeah, I think it's... I, I thought it was a little inconsistent. There were some clunker story arcs in, in action, for me, anyway, and I, and I kind of thought Superman was a little stronger, but um, yeah, they're both good, and they really complement each other well enough, and um, you know, you throw Super Sons in there, and it's a really nice um, three... I just I just love those three comics and I, and, I, and they're usually top of the stack DC books for me. So um, I, I really I really like that family of, of books. I but that's hoping, where I stop. <laughs> then I, then I, you're not doing Supergirl and Superwoman. No, no, I, I stopped there. Ah. I guess it sounds, sounds kind of sexist of me, but um, yeah, it does. I enjoy it those, does. I enjoy those three a lot more. I, I can understand that. Um, I'm wondering if next year, with that being the 80th anniversary of Superman and stuff. Uh, we'll see maybe a, a crossover amongst all of those titles or whatnot. Um, I would like to see them do a storyline uh, celebrating all the different versions of Superman over the years and whatnot. And again, we've got a multiverse to play with, so leverage that for it. We'll see what they do. It's Like you said, it's fun stuff. Yeah, I dropped off Trinity as well. I don't know how it's holding up. Um, dropped off about a story arc or two ago, and uh, I haven't really checked in on it again since then. Uh, some of it's all right, some of it not so much. It's uh, I don't think it's as good as is like Superman in action. Yeah, um, but it's not horrible either. But I mean, all in all, the the Superman family of comics is pretty strong. They seem to have a good, th- good grasp on where to go with the character by and large. And it's a, it's stronger than I remember it um, being for a while. I would agree with that. Shall we move on to our Marvel book? Yeah. This is Weapon X number 12. It is part of Nuke-Clear War Part 1. want to make sure people didn't think I was just mispronouncing nuclear. I've been really enjoying the Weapon X series. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, the the art here by uh, Yildare Sinar, whose name I probably butchered and I apologize for that. Great stuff. A lot of fun. Um, we've got Greg Pack here on the writing. And man, a lot seemed to happen in this issue. Because uh, they they go from where they'd kind of left off in the last story arc, got fully into this one, got it moving, um, and it's all centered around uh, this platoon of, of soldiers uh, based on uh, Nuke, who was a character that first appeared back in, um, in Daredevil, I think in the mid-80s, and he's part of the super soldier line of projects that the government had had in the Marvel Universe. 
And this guy's got different pills. The red is, is for increased adrenaline. The white, I think, uh, levels them off, keeps them in balance or whatever. And the blue kind of takes them back down to, to normal or whatever. Um, and this is, well, you know, whatever happened to that project kind of a thing. Well, other people got a hold of this, this, uh, these chemicals and pills and whatnot. And, uh, we've got a, country where the the president of it has decided he doesn't like mutants he's going to use uh powered up soldiers and and go clear out the mutants of his country and and be done with that um so of course you know it's uh it's a theme of you know tolerance and and uh accepting everybody for what they are there were parts of this that because so much happened here it moved, the story moved along fairly fast and i felt they almost like jumped over a few things like you know, Weapon X starts out in, uh, hell, I don't even remember where they started out. Some Somewhere other than this, this they're in Mexico. And they have to go to, to what is it, uh, Santo Marco, wherever that is. And they get there because they've gotten a call from a villager, from a, a brother of somebody they dealt with in a previous story arc. Uh, and he's like, hey, we need help. We're getting mowed down, you know, by these, these soldiers. They've burned the village and stuff. And they're like, okay, let's hop on the jet. Let's go over there. And short order, they're there. Okay, I don't have a problem. The X-Men can travel around the world fast with their jets. How did they know where in Santa Marco to go find these guys and find them just before they're getting killed by the soldiers? The, the timing is amazing. And somebody's going to argue, hey, they've got Domino and one of her powers is luck. It's, eh, doesn't quite work that way, but sure, what the hell, we'll go with that. Um, so there's there's a couple of things that just for convenience they gloss over. That's fine. I, I don't mind that. Um... But there were a few things with the characterizations here that were starting to, to kind of gnaw at me a little bit. Sabretooth, I thought, in one of the events a few years back, had had kind of that morality reversal. He's not a villain anymore. He's very heroic. Here, he seems to just be tolerating the, the heroic nature of the team. And it's like, what's going on there? That, that I'm not saying that feels out of character, but it's it's right bordering on it if not flat out being out of character. And like Daddy, uh, what, uh, Lady Deathstrike, she's in this issue, she's working with the team, she's even got a couple of lines of dialogue, but she really never does anything particularly key to the story or unique to her as a character. I think you could have taken this, practically redrawn her as uh, the, the X-23 all-new Wolverine, and the story would have happened exactly the same. So there's a few of these characters that I don't really feel are necessarily making the story uh, unique by the way they're acting. And that's not uncommon to teen books, um, but it was one where I was feeling it a little bit more here than in previous issues of this. I, I will say the funniest part of this issue for me was X-Force has arrived, they're coming to save these villagers from the soldiers, and out comes this huge push cart of the red pills. I mean, this thing is, is gargantuan, and people are, uh, the soldiers are going in, grabbing literally a fistful of these, popping the whole fistful of pills. It's like, okay, they're getting amped up, they're they're ready to fight. Except there's this one inset panel of this face with a guy holding a single pill, carefully popping that one. Right after somebody else is, like, again, doing a handful, I'm like, I don't know that this guy really belongs in this unit. It just, it struck me as just hilarious. Um, again, this is the kickoff of a storyline. Uh, we get a lot of setup, not a lot of... of uh, conclusion, but I felt we got enough happening that there was a sense of payoff, um, and frankly, a lot more happened in this issue than I feel is typical in a comic book these days, particularly over at Marvel. 
Um, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was was good. I think it could have been a little better here and there, but I thought they ended on an uh, interesting moment uh, with a reveal of a, a character we haven't seen for a little bit and um, kind of a what's going to happen with Sabretooth. How did it work for you? Um, I I like the uh, Ilderay Sinar art. I was I was kind of checking it out. I was like, I think I've recognized this style from somewhere. And uh, I had to look him up. And uh, he's a Turkish artist. And he had done the Superior Iron Man run, um, or, or a large portion of it, anyway. Okay. And, uh, and I think that was where I recognized the style from, maybe. Or, well... I mean, a he's lot done of a number of other books. Together. He's, he's uh, done he, a it lot. It looks like he did a yeah, he did a lot for DC, um, and a significant run on the 2010 uh, Legion uh, series. Um, so yeah, he's mostly he, majority of his work has been with DC. So I, I thought that was interesting that he's now uh, working for Marvel. Maybe he floats back and forth. I'm not sure how that works. Um, but I thought I thought his art was fine and and actually uh, pretty cool in in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Um, where it kind of breaks down for me is uh, in the writing and the I, I don't I don't care for uh, Greg Greg Pak's writing very much. Usually, um, it's it, it's it's a workmanlike writing style that uh, doesn't really grab me. And the characters for me they they all were not really fleshed out. They 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 were interchangeable. Um, besides Sabretooth, um, I, I kind of nobody really stood out and and I didn't find anybody else interesting really um the the fight was was kind of fun with um all the little mini nukes and um that was that was kind of cool um but then the reveal of nuke in the in the jail cell I think was supposed to be something to really at the end was really supposed to propel you into that next next chapter and and by the time we got there it uh, it, it didn't it didn't work that way for me it didn't really excite me for reading the next one um but you know it did it did contain a uh, a fair amount of of story and and some stuff happened and um the art was pretty good but uh, overall I, I didn't really get anything into the any of the characters um except for Sarah, Sabretooth when he kept going and wouldn't stop fighting I thought that was that was a really fun touch and um and I like some of the the his back and forth with some of the rest of his team um the rest of his team which I cannot really make out who's who I, I can understand that and i think that was some of what i was seeing for me it was mainly lady deathstrike that seemed just kind of interchangeable with a, a nameless other character or you know whatnot but domino had a scene where she was oh let's go rob a bank let's go rob a bank yeah but that's also Couple kind of, of a, yeah. a one note and hitting it pretty hard and there are some writers that when they get a, a team of characters can have those characters bounce against each other fairly fun and interestingly we got some some back and forth between the characters, but none that felt like it was a dynamic that was unique to those characters or kind of classic to it. If if you've ever read like the the Satellite Era Justice League, there would be moments where Green Arrow and Hawkman are just at different ends of the political spectrum, butting heads, and it was something that whenever you would have that those dialogue lines, you didn't even need to see who they were from if you were familiar with the characters. It's like, oh well, it's that's Green Arrow and, and Hawkman going at it again or something, you know? And here, the back and forth between them, you, you could have shifted who was saying what, and it really wouldn't have changed the story, which meant it was a little bit more plot-driven than character-driven. And it's not a bad story. It's a good read. But it's not one of those where the characterization is um, 
one of the 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 crowning achievements of the work either. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm with you. Um, yeah, there, there seemed to be some cool stuff happening, um, but with characters that really weren't uh, connecting with me. And so, in that case, well, what is what is that? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, there are a lot of uh, comics that well, some of them don't even have that, but uh, a lot of comics can can tell a fun story. But if they if the characters aren't fun too and, and interesting to you, then then it it loses a step. It doesn't it doesn't quite pass muster. Well, if it feels like you could take these characters out and replace them with like five other characters, yeah, and it's not really Weapon X then, right? Well, it wouldn't be Weapon X then, but would the story have played out differently? Or could, would the story have had to play out differently, I guess is the way to say it. I mean, some of what they're doing here with um, with Sabretooth, I'm going to argue you could almost drop in Luke Cage and with the right, okay, here's why he's doing what he's doing, he could have filled the Sabretooth role. You know, here's why he would have stayed behind and, and stuff like that. You know, you almost probably could have dropped in, I'm going to say, maybe Colossus in place of um, uh, Warpath. And I'd have to think for a few minutes as to who would be suitable replacements for uh, for Domino and Old Man Logan. But at which point, you've taken these characters out and you could have had the events play out the same way. Then these characters didn't bring anything uh, unique to them or, or, or vitally important to the story. And there's some stories that, yeah, you can drop in almost any character and it works just the same. But the ones where it motivates out of who the characters are or resonates with who they are or, or that who they are enhances the story. Those are typically better stories. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, for me, it's a, it's a, it's a C plus. Um, I think, uh, there, there are some things in here that, that make it an above average read. So, um, and if you're, if you're a, already reading it then please keep reading it um and you might want to sample it 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 might it might connect with you more than it does me i enjoyed it i think a little bit more than you did uh i'm gonna go with a b minus i think there have been stronger issues and arcs i think the arc they did just prior to this was better uh with the weapon h and you know i i'm liking the series a lot uh it's probably one of my favorite x titles right now um but I think this one could have been a, a little bit stronger than it was. And there's also a part of me that's a little concerned of, well, if they just went and did a Weapon H storyline, and now they're dealing with Nuke, who's part of the whole Super Soldier, you know, lineage of, of projects and whatnot, I'd have to go back to what was their first arc, and are they just beating that note of, of you know, Super Soldiers too hard too often? Yeah, that the, the totally awesome Hulk crossover they did, um, where they introduced that, that new... The weapon, weapon or weapon. whatever. Yeah, yeah. That that was well received. Got a lot of um, buzz, and so there should be more eyeballs on this issue. And um, so the the fact that that they're getting more eyeballs on it, then they they want to capitalize and keep those people as as readers. So um, they wanted to do they wanted to put their best foot forward. And I don't know that they they didn't really misfire, but I I, I just don't think they they did all they could to to capture those those readers that were excited about that crossover. Absolutely. It certainly was not a misfire, but it was not a home run either. You know, it's, I think they could have come out a little bit stronger and stuff, but they shouldn't be the least bit ashamed by what they came out with. It was, it was a fun read. But after a really strong, well-received crossover like that, if you can follow it up with, with people, it's like, well, I'll give it another issue and see what's up and, and win them over. That's what you want to do. Yeah. And I, I don't think they did that. Shall we move over to our other book? Yeah. 
This is Monstro Mechanica number one from Aftershock. Um, I found out about this from uh, Eric from Cowabunga. He had uh, shot me an email saying, hey, you may want to check this one out uh, a little while ago and um, sent uh, a preview of it. And uh, the art style looked like fun. It's got Leonardo da Vinci. It's got a robot. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. I, I think I should check this out. So when you mentioned we should review it, I'm like, absolutely. This is, uh, how many pages was this? It felt like it was a little longer than normal. Yeah, 30-some. 30-some. Okay, so almost time and a half. I I gotta say, just from the outset, normally I am not a fan of a story starting on a literal bleeding heart. It's like, yeah, that's not a way to win me over the outset. But uh, this was not done in the least bit of a gory manner. It was was done for science, or, or maybe for art. I mean, this is Leonardo da Vinci, so it could be both. Who knows? Um... And it was something that, uh, it's like, okay, interesting way to start the story, but it, it got the story, uh, kicked off as well as anything else could have. The story started moving, it kept going, I got sucked into, you know, who is this version of Leonardo da Vinci? Who is this, uh, assistant he has, Isabel? What's going on? Um, and I was just, I was enjoying it a lot. I mean, this version of da Vinci kind of sort of reminds me a bit of Sherlock Holmes. He's confident he's the smartest man in the room, because he most likely is. Um, there was a, a line where one of them is like, tell me something I don't know. And he's like, where to begin, you know? Um, I found this to be a lot of fun. The art style really clicked with me. Um, this is something that uh, I'm definitely adding to my pull list. I enjoyed it a lot. It's got a few shortcomings here and there, but they are few and far between. How did this work for you? Not quite as well as it did for you, but uh, I, th- I thought uh, standout for me was the Chris uh, Evan Evan House Evan Hoos uh, art. It's a very clean style. I really I really like his art style. It, it worked worked well throughout. I think he did the uh, uh, art on the on Winona Earp that miniseries and some uh, some GI GI Joe stuff before that. Um, but I, but I like his style. It, it's mm-hmm. pretty darn good. Paul Aller is the writer and. He did Clue, which we reviewed, and I didn't didn't really like like it very well. And he and I think he did Red Ten as well, which I think you enjoyed a lot, right? Uh, I'm still I'm trying to think if that one's finished off. There's another issue, but I've been enjoying that. Uh, it's a murder mystery, you know, essentially starring analogs of the Justice League. Yeah. Um, I think this is yeah. much better writing than either of those other two things. Yeah, I think I think so too, and um, so that kind of. Well, I mean, I haven't read Red Ten, but Clue, I think, was uh, was not my not my speed. And I think he did a lot of TMNT work, and uh, that that doesn't really work for me either. So I was a little hesitant um, going in. Um, I thought uh, I thought Isabel was a really good character. I really like her. Um, I'm not quite sure about the relationship between Da Vinci and Isabel, and what kind of relationship that is. If it's adversarial or mentor mentee or What's he, really going on there? He thinks he's her mentor. She seems to realize he is a man who can change the world. She's just not so sure if that's a good or a bad thing. Yeah. And that her mission for the uh, automaton there at the end uh, really, to me, told me a lot about her her character and her intelligence. Because, again, she can see this guy is, 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 is not the average by a long shot, and he can either make the world much, much better or much, much worse. So she doesn't know if if he needs protecting to save the world or if, if the world would be saved 
from him needs to be saved from him. And really, what could go wrong with a sentient robot? You, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure that that robot will always be under her control and they won't ever do anything like, you know, just reach out and do something off the cuff when he shouldn't again. <laughs> That's, That's the good. one place where this kind of, in my mind, is diving into kind of magic versus science. Because, I mean, I don't think we could get an automaton today with modern technology that is as uh, uh, autonomous as this one is. That they've apparently, you know, sculpted out of wood. And it's got this yeah, big uh, crankshaft yeah. or some such, you know. Yeah, yeah, it did have a, a kind of, you wind it like a clock almost. So yeah. I thought was kind of interesting. Um, there, there's a lot of stuff about kind of the politics going on too, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found that a little boring. I wasn't, I, that really didn't pull me in to, to the, to that part of the world. I was kind of more interested in, in Da Vinci and Isabel and, and, and the, the, the robot and her and, and what exactly was going on there and, and, and if that was going to lose control again. And, and that was kind of more, more interesting to me. So, um, I'm curious about what that next issue is. I think I'm, I think I'm going to keep reading, um, and, and at least give it another show, another issue, um, before I make my decision, because there's a lot of good stuff to like about this. Um, first and foremost, I think is the art art is, art is really great. And, um, and, and there are a couple of characters that are, I found really interesting and I want to see more of. I got a question about one of the characters. If you go to where she has gone to, I guess the marketplace, um, and she's walking there and, uh, the, the brother and sister are dealing with her. Does that brother Marco not look a lot like Prince Adam of Eternia? I don't. He man. Yeah, yeah. I never, never put that together. I it just, uh, it's the hairstyle, I think, and maybe the basic outfit. Uh, it was just kind of funny. I, I saw that and it's like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, okay. Now that you mention it, yeah, put a little bit more bulk to him, and uh, yep, that's who it is. Yeah, you're never gonna see him any other way now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Overall, again, I thought this was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, Want to see where they go with it? There were a few places, as much as I love the art, where like the anatomy just didn't feel quite right. Um, the the one I can point out the easiest is about three pages from the end. She's back at the workshop. She's talking to the automaton, saying, you know, hey, you know, behave yourself, essentially, uh, and that she's trying to get it to sentience uh, without Da Vinci kind of realizing. And she does this kind of hop over the table sort of a thing in the bottom left panel, yeah. and the way her legs are doesn't seem like it should work. Because the, the, what is it, the right leg is kind of going, uh, one way and the, the left leg is kind of almost crossed against it, almost, I don't know, like her entire torso should be 90 degrees off where it need, where it is for the other one. Yeah, I think we're further into the jump than you think we are. I think we're on the, we're on the way down and that's, that lead foot is catching, gonna catch the floor, but the other leg is still up and probably shouldn't be that far up. I think, yeah, I think you're, I think right it's there. less that it's that far up because I certainly take it as her coming down. It just seems to be at uh, ninety degrees from where the other, like it's in front of the other one, mm-hmm. and the, the 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 two hips or whatever should be you know side by side, not one in front of the other. It's I don't know what the, what the artist does do a good job of. I think is faces, eyes, um, yes. emotions. Um, uh, you know, faces have they have wrinkles in the right places that 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 provide a a certain um enough information that you really didn't even don't even need to know what she's saying because you can see on her face 
the way she's saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that really, that really worked. Um, so that, that was kind of more of the, more of the strong side of that, that argument. Absolutely. And again, I, I, I guess that's part of what made one or two of those things with the anatomy stand out is otherwise the art was exceptional. You know, it had much more of that sense of acting and stuff than I think we typically get in comics. And it's just a, a very crisp, clean style. Um, there are some panels that don't have backgrounds, but you don't feel it's like, geez, they cheaped out or anything. It's like, it, it, no, we should focus on the character here. You know, in other ones, we've got plenty of background with the appropriate level of detail. It's not like they've noodled the stonework to death or anything or, or skimped or whatever. Um, so I, I thought this was terrific. I thought it was a, a great recommendation from Eric. I'm, I'm glad he mentioned it. I'm glad you wanted to review it. Uh, for me, this is a solid A. Definitely, I think it's worth people checking out. It was very close to getting that A+. And I, I definitely want to see where it's it's going. And uh, is this a miniseries or ongoing? It's ongoing. Okay, that's good. I'm, I'm hopeful they've got a long-term plan and that it, it uh, plays out well. Yeah, me too. Um, it, it is. It's a B for me. I'm I'm interested in seeing what that next issue does, and and, and see if I'm able to uh, get into the politics that are going on a little a little better, and dig into that. Um, and and kind of explore who the their relationship a little more, and and because uh, there was some fun stuff there, and and enjoy this beautiful art. Thanks for listening to John Mayo and I review a DC, a Marvel, and a other publishers book we do that each and every week if you enjoyed that and uh, check back here and you can also check out john's podcast the weekly comic spotlight check him out at the uh the comic book page website thank you guys for listening drew signing off